Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. Lisa, here we are. Here we are. Welcome, Dennis. Hey, welcome, Lisa. Thanks. It's, it's really a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure. To Thank be. you for inviting me to your podcast. Okay, come on, stop it. Let's quit this. All right, so let, let's kind of uh, just cover this whole idea. Now, we're, we're going to give some controversial statements. Hmm. Right. We're going to maybe like make some people mad today. But what we want to do is we want you to listen to the whole podcast. Don't tune us out here in the very beginning as we kind of make some of these controversial statements. Now hmm. people want to know what the heck are we I'm talking? feeling a little nervous right now. Yeah, because you don't even know what I'm going to say. I, n- I never know what you're going to say. I never know what's going to come out of your mouth. Well, you know what? That's uh, the story of all of our marriage adventures and all of our marriage problems right there in that one statement. Yes, it is. But this is not drama for your marriage. This is just the drama for your living podcast. So, okay. So let's kind of walk through this idea because a common complaint and maybe thing that we hear people say is they say, oh my gosh, I am just so busy. Mm-hmm. I'm stressed out. Oh my gosh. I am just overwhelmed or I'm burnt out. And here's the reality is that it is not true. Uh-oh. That, those are fighting words. Right. Because people go, well, let me show you what on my to-do list. Let me show you everything that I've got going on. And we want to- And just... it really is true because I really am overwhelmed. I really am burned out. That is the truth. Okay. So that is that is what we saw, right? So I was just doing a workshop and a lady in the front, this is over 200 people in the workshop. And we're going to call her Julie. We really don't know what her name was. And hopefully her name wasn't Julie, but we're going to call her Julie for- for the sake of this story to kind of keep it straight. Well, and you know, Lisa, I said this and literally like I saw her visibly like angry eyes. And Julie her, just lit up. She did. She was like ready to fight. And it was in a group of 200 people and she just kind of threw up her hands and she was in the very front row, threw up her hands and kind of put down her, she's kind of put down her paper and put down her. And she was just like mad. Rather demonstrative. Oh my gosh. I was like, whoa, what the heck happened? And, and the thing about it is Lisa, is she never really even allowed me to get to the point. Hmm. Right. I just said maybe this controversial statement. She didn't allow me to explain it. And so, well, of I think, what I, I think Julie got so caught up in maybe the feelings of the, the burnout and the overwhelm and the anger and the fear that she couldn't even hear um, any um, like concrete concepts. They just these abstract emotions and the emotions were very real. And the concept was very real, but well, there was a whole story to this. Yeah. Well, Lisa, and, even, and here's what I tell people. It's like, I didn't say you don't feel stress. You don't feel busy. You don't feel you know overwhelmed, but you are not your feelings, right? It is actually a story that you have created in your mind. So jo- Julie created a story in her mind. Right. What that, story did she create? Well, that she was overwhelmed, that she was busy, that she was stressed out. What if she really out. was busy? What if she really was well, overwhelmed? What if well, she really was stressed out? Well, I'm saying, yes, you feel stressed out. Yes, I agree. Okay. You, yes, you feel busy 100%. Yes, you feel overwhelmed 100%. But just because you feel it does not mean it's real. And I think this is the key sort of distinction that people need to sort of step back and realize because the challenge is, is when you tell yourself this story about how busy you are, you end up with a lot of activity, but you don't always produce results. And it doesn't really help you get out of it. It sends you down this victim hole of complaining. 
right? So we're not saying you don't feel this way. Yes, you feel this way. Yes, you feel overwhelmed. It's almost like, Lisa, are these my clothes or these are the clothes I'm wearing, right? And when you take your feelings and you make them make them who you are, right? It's like, I have this feeling, right? It's, you know, and she, she wanted to, she wanted to own this feeling. And really it's just a feeling. It is just a feeling. So are we we basically talking about feelings versus facts here? A little bit. Yeah. Because she felt overwhelmed. Yes. She felt burnt out. She felt anger. She probably felt fear. Well, and the thing about it is, is that when you're in that feeling, you don't have a strategy to get out. And so, so what you're saying here is these are the feelings and there, are you talking about the realness that they're not real in that? Okay. Let's, let's pare it down to brass tacks. Yeah. Let's pare it down to what's actually going on. And how is that, that it's, what would make it real. I mean, it kind of walked me through this. Well, almost like maybe this is a great example, right? So we've got two different team members, right? And one team member has 10 things to do and they are just complaining about how busy they are. We have another team member with the same amount of things to do. They don't complain about how busy they are. They're just peacefully productive. And where is busy created, right? Busyness is created inside of a person. Overwhelm is created inside of a person, right? Because who can, I always want to know when people tell me how busy they are, that I want to know, well, what does that mean? Right? Because one person has these things to do and they, are, they feel so overwhelmed and busy. Another one doesn't have that same feeling. So what, what's the difference? Is it, does it have, I mean, is it the story behind the story? Is that what you're talking about? Well, it really is. And and here's, here's the thing that I always like think about is that it's simply the story that you're telling yourself now, now, you know, and there are times when I feel busy, right? I feel overwhelmed. I feel stressed out, but what really helps me is I step back and go, okay, Dennis, it's not real. I, I really feel this way, but it is just a feeling. Now, here's, what's fascinating about these words, burnt out, overwhelmed, stressed, or busy, is they typically have one common emotion driving it, and it's typically fear. Right. Right? It's like either anxious or worried or concerned, all kinds of synonyms. And so a lot of times when I feel that way, right? and, and I'm not saying don't feel that way, but what we want to help people get out of is that idea of they just kind of bake in it. Mm-hmm. Right. They just kind of live in it. It's like they just live in this overwhelm. They live in this stress 24-7. It's always there and it doesn't have to be the case. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I just ask myself, okay, Dennis, you feel stressed, you feel busy right now. What are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. Or what are you concerned about? Or what are you anxious about? Right. And whatever that answer is, that becomes one of the things I go after. Mm-hmm. Right. It almost becomes that becomes my to-do for the day. Right. Right. A couple of weeks ago, I was like, I want my, I just realized I was like, I'm so stressed. And I'm like, why do I feel this stress? It's like, okay, well, Dennis, what are you afraid of? And I thought, you know what? I'm afraid we're going to lose this big client we have. We haven't contacted, we haven't been in contact for like the last couple of weeks. They've probably gone sideways. I had this whole story that I created in my mind. And literally, Lisa, with one simple phone call, I got them on the phone and they're like, oh, we're going to get to that. It's just, we got some other things going on. We're going to get back with you in a couple of weeks. So really you're talking about kind of the stress converter converting our concerns into confidence. So let's kind of walk through this. Yeah. And so 
So the first question we ask is, what are we stressed about? So with this client, let's take this situation, right? Yeah. And so what were you stressed about is the first question. Well, I was afraid of losing them as a client. I was afraid of losing the revenue. And why? So the next question is, why is it a concern? So you were stressed about losing them as a client. Right. Why was it a concern? Well, it was, it was a revenue question. And, you know, multiple things happen when we lose certain pieces of revenue, you know, in our business, right? It's like, oh my gosh, are we going to lose? We have to let team members go. And are we going to have to, you know, you know, constrict and like maybe like go backwards a little bit, right? All of these fears and just getting really clear on that. It's almost like when you tell yourself what you're concerned about, your brain starts to go to work on the solution. And then the next question was, now that we've figured out what our concern is, that we're going to lose this revenue, right? Yeah. It's like, how can you decrease your concerns? That's question number three. Right. And so whatever that action is, how can I decrease my concerns is, well, I need to get clarity on them on what's really going on. Okay. So to decrease your concern with this client, I made a phone call. You you were like, okay, what's, how could I could decrease my concern, get some information? Yeah. Um, you know, the next question is, is how can you increase your confidence? Right. Cause, cause think about this, right? Many times, you know, we have these stresses, these busy, these fears is they all deal with uncertainties, mm-hmm. right? So like, what's one thing I can do be, to increase that confidence? Well, I, I can make that phone call and get clarity. Okay. So there's, there could be multiple things because our very last question is what can you do right now? So in this situation, how can you increase your confidence? There could be multiple ways. So what would, what would be multiple ways you could have increased your confidence in this? Well, I can, I can step back and tell myself a different story, Okay. right? I can ask myself, Hey, what else could this mean? Okay. Right. I could, I could, you know, talk to, you know, talk to you about it or talk to another team member about it, get some more clarity, right? There's multiple things that I could do. And, and many times it's like, you know, sharing your uncertainties I found is just really helpful for me to get delivered from them, right? The fact that I can like say them and get them out in the open. And I've even seen that there's a freedom with team members when they realize, Hey, Dennis also has uncertainties and he also has things that kind of stress him. Right. And it kind of allows them to have the conversation because you'll, it's almost like you'll never correct what you're unwilling to confront Mm -hmm. and kind of getting that out in the open helps you confront it. Right. Like things that stay in the dark, kind of, they're like mold, it kind of just grows in the dark. And what we've seen is that people that live with this busy stress, overwhelm, it's, it's kind of the stuff in the dark or it's just the stuff inside of their own mind. And if they don't get it out in the open, then their brain doesn't really know what to do with it. So then the very last question is, is what can you do right now? So in that situation, what would have been the last question? What could you do right now? I can make a phone call to them. And, and get clarity on where they're at on this project. And that was basically your conclusion off of all of these different ways that you could increase your confidence. Right. And so it's almost like I allowed, I allowed the concern and you can actually take your concerns and create confidence out of this. You can convert your concern to confidence. And that was, that was how you took you, you were overwhelmed in this situation. And then you made that phone call and they gave you clarity on what was going on. And it completely, it it completely eliminated the overwhelm that you were feeling and the stress that you were feeling, because when it comes back to it, the whole reason you were overwhelmed and stressed was the story you were telling yourself behind what was going on, what the situation was with this client. Yeah. And what was fascinating is once my story changed, guess what? My feeling changed. Hmm. 
right? So your feelings are really based on these stories that you tell yourself and you just want to get them out in the open. And, and I think that, I think what was sad about Julie in the conference was that she just wanted to keep her story. She didn't want to hear anything else. She didn't want to hear like my second part. She didn't want to hear a solution. She didn't want to hear any practical strategies. She just wanted to keep that story and kind of bake in that overwhelmed stress. And almost like, she almost like started to try to convince me how it was really real. So maybe, maybe a better, maybe a better statement, um, you know, because we say, okay, well, listen, this overwhelm and this burnout, it is not real. It is just a feeling, right? Yeah. Um, is it better to say overwhelm and burnout those feelings and turn it to a question? Are those feelings real? Because what you went through with this situation with the client after you ran through the stress converter, you come to find out what you were feeling wasn't based on a real, wasn't based on a real story. It was based on a false story. Right. So is it, is it better to say, you know, overwhelm and burnout it, instead of saying overwhelm and burnout isn't real, is it better to say the feeling of overwhelm and burnout is it real? And is it based off of a real story, off of a real truth? Yeah. And so in many, and, but here's the interesting thing about stories is you can change the story you tell yourself, right? It's like, nobody can tell you what things mean, except the meaning you give it, right? Because it could have been like, Hey, you know what? They are going to get rid of us and they're done working with us. And I go, wow, that's really great because that opens up some more space to have even better clients. Or I could go, oh, now we're down in revenue, right? It's like, literally, like, you know, when you think about a story, it's like, how do you know it's, it's really the meaning of the story that's, the story creates a meaning, but only you can determine what the meaning is, right? As people went through, say, like COVID, certain people had certain meanings about this story, about Mm -hmm. the shutdown that we went through. Right. And so the meaning that you give it determines, you know, how true it is to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're talking about overwhelm. We're talking about burnout, you know, and there's this, um, there is this Gallup poll and I mentioned it. We did, we did a, we did a podcast on employers and how employers can deal with the issue of burnout in their organizations. And now we're really talking more about employees and individuals. So an employee or an individual just in your personal life, how you can deal with, you know, overwhelm and burnout. And, you know, there's this Gallup poll um, that basically said employees are burning out. Some of the main causes are that they don't have enough time to complete their work. They're burning out and they're overwhelmed because there's lack of communication and support from the manager. They're overwhelmed and burnout because they have lack of clarity about their role or their job duties. And they're feeling like they're not being treated fairly by their bosses. And so ultimately they felt like they weren't being supported. Now this, when you can run through all of these issues of why I'm feeling overwhelmed, what is going on? And being able to run this stress converter, okay, so before you go so far into overwhelm, before you go so far into like drowning, because it's literally a feeling of drowning, is sitting down and running through like this stress converter and and trying to take it out of the feeling side of things and kind of moving it more to the concrete. Well, and it really helps you own it, right? 
because I feel busy. Whose feeling is that? That's my feeling, right? And I can't play the victim. Yes, there are maybe systems and things my boss can do, but I first have to step back and go, okay, this is my feeling. It's not my employer's feeling, right? And so if it's my feeling, who's the only one who can fix my feeling? Hmm. I'm the only one who can fix my feeling, right? It's like nobody else can fix my feeling. And so what I love about it is it helps you own it because here's the thing, when people don't have agency, when Mm -hmm. they feel helpless, that's when they go into this despondence. They go like into this black hole. And I think, you know, Julie, she really felt helpless. And I was like, so sad for her because then she started to argue about and like fight for the right to be busy, to say she was busy. And I'm like, I'm trying to give you a solution out of it, but you've got to first realize that it's a story. You put a certain meaning to it. Yes, it is a feeling, but she didn't want to own it. She just wanted to blame, you know, the system or the process or the employer because of, you know, certain things that she was a part of that she couldn't change. And, and, and this is what we don't want to see is we don't want to see people like live in it. We're, we're not saying that you won't feel that way, right? It's like, you might feel that way tomorrow. Now, now here's what's interesting. Okay. All four of these things, stress, overwhelm, busy, burnout, they, they have one sort of driving emotion, right? But they kind of have this one common denominator Mm -hmm. and it's this common denominator of time. They all deal with time, right? Sort of like you're, you feel like your back is against the wall and you have only a certain amount of time, right? And, and, and I've always stepped back and I thought, okay, when I just complain about time, I'm really just the victim of time, hmm. right? And, and you think about like how many, how many times if I complain about time, it's like I make time, right? We all make time. And, you know, I've realized I never have enough time to do all the things I don't want to do. Right. Right. It's absolutely true. And so it's like, if I make time, then I'm in charge of my time. Here's a great example. It's like, Lisa, like we talk about this in our workshops, like how long is five minutes, right? Well, five minutes, if we're on vacation, sitting, you know, on the beach in Key West, five minutes is like, it's like a second, right? It's like, whoa, where did the time go? But Lisa, if I go down in the kitchen, you turn on the stove on high and you say, Dennis, put your hand on the burner for just five minutes. Lisa, five minutes is eternity. Yeah. Right? It lasts forever. So who determines? T- it's like we all make time. So one thing that that we stopped doing, that I personally stopped doing, and it's really made all of the difference. And we've been teaching a lot, a lot of this in our workshops and challenging people is the no complain about time challenge. Just to eliminate it, like stop complaining that you don't have so much time. Right, just take it out of your vocabulary. In fact, if you really want to freak people out, stop complaining about how busy you are. You know, it's like you know, one person asked me, it's like, oh my gosh, man, you're traveling everywhere. You just must be so busy. And I'm like, no, I'm not busy at all. At least they look at me like I have three heads. Like, well, it's because we almost like have that idea of like we're supposed to be busy. Like that's that badge of honor. Right. And it's like, no, I, I said, I'm not busy. I said, I'm really productive. I'm really focused. I'm really producing a lot of results, but I don't feel busy. Well, and I think that term like busy, for instance, that that comes down to like the connotative meaning. So it's not the definition of the definition of busy being having a lot of things to do, but the connotative meaning of busy almost merges more over into the overwhelm. It, yeah, it absolutely does. And, it, 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 and if you want to really freak people out, when people complain to me about how busy they are, I had this a couple of weeks ago, somebody was just telling me about how busy they are. I just looked at them and go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry you're so busy. 
and they come up, well, you know, you know, they didn't know what to say, you know, cause it's almost like when you complain to me about how busy they are, it's like, well, gosh, well, you're just the victim, I guess, of your, of your time. Yep. You can't do anything about it. And part of what we want to do with this whole idea is help people take agency back. Mm-hmm. Now, now, we're not saying this feeling is going to leave like automatically, but it's almost like, Lisa, when I stop complaining about busy and time, it's almost like my life started to slow down on the inside and my results started to speed up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like my life is like running in like in this fast friend, frantic pace. I almost feel like it's in slow motion, producing a lot of results, but we're just really focused. And so I think that's sort of, that. that's the goal. That, that's what we want for people. Yeah. Is we, we you know, we, we don't want you to live in this, bake in this. You know, in fact, I was, I boarded a plane uh, last week um, flying up to um, Wisconsin and a speaker, in fact, a friend of mine who's, who's another um, speaker was sitting on the same plane, sitting across from me. And she looked at me, she says, oh gosh, Dennis, have you been working hard? I was like, yeah, no, not, not at all. I'm not working hard at all. And she, Lisa, she looked at me like, she like, you know, and I'm like, Hey, I am super productive, but I'm not really working hard. It's pretty easy. You know, it's like, I'm really, and it's almost like we wear this hard work busy. We wear these things as like a badge of honor and they're, they don't have to be, it's like, you don't have to live in this. Yeah. So what's really interesting is while we're talking, I decided to look up on Merriam Webster dictionary, Uh-oh. the old. Oh, and this is, this is super interesting. Okay. So we've got, you know, one word can have many different meanings, right? So we've got definition number one, engaged in action or being in use for the term busy, right? Hmm. Good. Definition number two, full of activity. That's also a definition. Definition number three, foolishly or intrusively active. And then we continue to digress to definition number four, which is full of distracting detail. <laughs> and so when that's something really good to, to, to think about is the nuance of what you're saying yeah. and what you're communicating and what you're doing, because yes, we are busy. If you're talking about engaged in activity and being in use and engaged in action, but are we foolishly or intrusively active or are we full of distracting detail? No, we're just intentional. And, and so when, when you are using a phrase like that, there's, I mean, people can think so many different things. Yeah. It, and what, what, what I've seen is that typically like people don't use it in a positive, right? right? They use it to complain, you know, oh, it's so busy. Oh, I just never have enough time. And, you know, if you want to freak people out, just tell them how sorry you are for them. Gosh, I really hate that for you. I wish you, I wish you didn't have to be so busy. Wow. Must be hard. You know, um, and sometimes people will fight for their victimhood, right? Like Julie in the workshop, like she was fighting, like she, she was fighting to be the victim and she was going to win the fight. She was, she actually won the fight, right? I was, I was amazed on like how much of a disruption that she made during the meeting that the actual like event planner, like asked me to redirect the entire keynote to address Julie's concerns. So here to it is address like two- one person out of 200 yeah. because they couldn't, um, they had completely lost control they in really- a public setting. Honestly, I bet she, I wonder if she either felt justified or felt ashamed 
maybe she communicated later that she felt justified, but actually, you know, when she thought about it later, she was ashamed of her behavior. I mean, that's, I don't know. That's how I would behave if I completely acted out in so demonstrably in a group of 200 people. Well, and the thing about the, the sad thing for me about it was I could never like, like really get like the whole point across because she was so disruptive and I was really sad for her. And I know she left mad at me. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. Well, hopefully you gave her a few things to I, think. I, about. I, I really hope so because I didn't, I didn't want to like have her be mad or, you know, to act. You, really, you, you wanted to help her I was trying to, because she was living in so much overwhelm and so much anger, really her overwhelm, her burnout progressed to overwhelm, which progressed to anger. And I can probably guarantee you, she was probably the person at the grocery store that snapped at the cashier. She was probably the person driving behind you that was honking because you weren't going fast enough. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you get to that point, it's, it's your, it invades your entire life. And as employees, we need to, before we get to that point of this incredible overwhelm and, and burnout, before it turns to anger, before it turns to this rage that we take out on all of those innocent people around us, let's, let's hang on, let's go through and let's, let's roll through this, um, the stress converter and let's, figure out what it is that's going on in our organization and in our life that we have, what is one thing that we can do? Let's bring it down to simplest form. And there can be um, multiple facets that you can run the stress converter with. If so, if you're in, so say Julie, so she was in her organization and you know, you've got interactions with your team. You've got interactions with your higher up. You've got interactions with your clients. There are multiple facets and you could be overwhelmed in each of these. Well, you can run the stress converter through on every single one of these areas that it's like, this is the, this is the situation or the idea that is causing me to feel so much intense feeling and so much overwhelm and anger and going through and and running through this process. Well, and in in this way it it helps you take a stress or a concern and actually convert that concern into confidence. Absolutely. It, and then it actually becomes a benefit. Oh, I go through this stress, this overwhelm, this busy and I can convert this feeling into like an actual feeling an actual conf, an act of confidence. And so it becomes valuable because a lot of times people say, well they don't like it so it's not valuable. It's not helpful. And it's actually, this can be helpful, right? Because I'm typically stressed or overwhelmed about things that maybe I don't feel like I have enough time and it's things that I care about. It's just telling me a story. Okay, I care about this, but I feel helpless. And this whole activity helps you get out of that helplessness into an action. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we tell people, it's like, hey, if you're in a bad system, like you don't have to stay in that system, right? right? You don't have to live in that system. You don't have to camp out in that system. Yeah. And you know what? So that what's really interesting is, is let's just go back to Julie. Okay. So she's got two different courses of action, right? Yep. She can remain in her overwhelm and never really have a productive conversation with her employer. Yep. Right. Right. And she can poison the environment. She can poison outside of her workforce and, and really she can cause herself serious health problems. And, and maybe some danger and maybe even um, could be emotionally abusive. Like she was a little bit emotionally abusive to you. A little bit. Um, or she can go through and say, okay, 
I am going to go through and I'm going to have a conversation with my employer. I'm going to have a conversation with my manager. I'm going to sit down and figure out what the heck is going on that is causing me to blow up. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think about this logically in concrete terms rather than abstractly and emotionally, because I'm sure that there were things in her workplace that were um, the um, the cause that were the um, the ignition for some of these things, and and very probably she worked in, in an unhealthy work environment. Well, in, in, and, go ahead, Lisa. No, and so and then so if if you were Julie and you wanted to have a conversation with your employer or your higher up, I mean, how would you go about that? Yeah, so you know, I, I think first thing is you got to get out of that emotion. Right. If you walk through the stress converter and get to that place of logic and figure out like what you need to have a conversation about, right, in a logical way, right, and, and not go to them with like emotionally charged things. It's like, hey, when this happens, I feel stressed because I think this. Can you help me? Right. Because you can't go into your, your employer and you can't lose your cool and blow up because right. nobody's, nothing's going to get. Right. Where you can't say, oh my gosh, I'm just so stressed. I, I can't help you. I can't help you. It's like, well, you're stressed because you think what? And then boom, I'm stressed because I think this. And then we can have a logical conversation about your thinking and actually have a coaching question, you know, conversation. And Lisa, I just want to just mention, I mean, listen, we we really want to keep like, you know, teams intact and really, you know, make things work. But there are times where, you know, our recommendation is you need to find another place. Mm-hmm. Right. You might be in a system or you know, that like, this is just, you can't do anything about it, but you're not helpless, right? There's always something you can do. And that's what we really try to help people with is like, when you feel this way, let's get an action, right? Let's, let's not live in this. And for so long in so many, you know, in so many places, you know, people just kind of live in this and that's, that's what we don't want for people. So that's the whole point of this. So hopefully we haven't hurt anybody's feelings, right? It's like, gosh, right, right. you know, but so if you if you are in a toxic work environment, you know, and and it can it's just affecting your your life and your lifestyle, you know, don't don't stay in it. But if you are just in a work environment and you are overwhelmed by what all of the different responsibilities and and maybe the just the expectations that are put on you and you're not being compensated properly for your, for your hours and, and you aren't trained. And so you can't maintain your competency and, and there's not mutual support in your, in, in your work environment. Those are all things. Once you go through and kind of work through the emotion and work through, okay, what's actually going on? What's the core issue here? Then those are things you can have a conversation about. Right. And then you give a logical conversation. So Lisa, this has been really helpful, I think, and really fascinating. What um what's kind of like your key takeaway, you know, through our conversation? Hmm. I don't know. I think you should go first this time because I'm 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 we covered a lot. We really did. What really, what was your key takeaway? I, I think I'm just reminded to monitor the stories I'm telling myself. Okay. Right. It's like all of my feelings, even happy feelings, right? Even even these feelings of joy. It's like it's all based on the story. And so in my story is basically the meaning that I give 
to the circumstances or the events and really work to create the right meetings so that actually every experience becomes valuable. It doesn't become a stressor. Hmm, that's and how good. to extract the value from every situation by really framing the right story so that it can extract the right value. I think so. I think my thought is, is that sometimes we get into so much overwhelm and, and burnout that we really can't get ourselves out of it. And so things like these tools, like stress converter, or even sitting down with a friend And so rather than throwing up on everybody, you know, sitting down with someone that you can just kind of talk it through and to really be able to verbally process what, what is going on? What, and what is the solution? And I mean, if you need to go to see a counselor or a therapist, because you are so almost over the edge, then then please do. Cause honestly, that's probably something Julie needed to do. It very, it very well is when you get to like such demonstrative, unhealthy behaviors, you know, there, sometimes you need to have an intervention. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Right. We need people that will just kind of tell us the truth and help us along. So, so hopefully this was a truth telling exercise, the podcast today. And listen, our encouragement is, is, is don't live in that busy, overwhelmed, stressed, you know, just take the stress converter um, and listen, reach out to us. We've got some great tools um, that'll really help you. Some of our executive coaches are just some of the most fantastic people, people that can really help you through how to navigate through these emotions that you get that place of logic so that that you that you're empowered and you feel a sense of like, you know, agency for you because there's always something you can do. Awesome. So I think our work is done. We'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. 